the name of our incarnate Lord, Jesus Christ. This evening you heard the story of the Magi. It's been very common in church history and in our popular American celebration of Christmas to lump the Magi with the shepherds. You have a manger with Jesus and Mary and Joseph next to him. There's an angel over the manger scene. On the one side of the manger, there are the shepherds. The other side of the manger are the Magi. And there's three of them, one for every gift. They're well-dressed and they each have their gifts. From my memory, here's how they are portrayed in, in, in some of the movies and shows I've seen. They're somewhat elderly men who move slowly with the dignity and they speak in a very deliberate and thoughtful manner. They come before the manger and they give their rich gifts to Jesus in a dignified and slow and mannerly way. But the truth is that really they've almost become an afterthought even at Christmas, even in these manger scenes. They're often seen as an add-on to the main things of Jesus being laid in the manger, angels appearing miraculously to the shepherds, then these shepherds rushing to Jesus. The Magi are almost an afterthought. If you ask anyone about them, their popular answer is that they're wise to seek Jesus and they give their costly gifts to Jesus. Hence the Facebook post, wise men still seek him. So it is easy to glean from the story that you should be able to find Jesus with God's help. And then once you find him, you better give your offerings to him. Often even well-meaning Christians can turn the story of the Magi away from the Lord's epiphany to focus on our wisdom and our gifts. Or the story can be like much of the culture's Christmas, where Christmas and epiphany are just all lumped together as a portion of a sentimental time of year to get us through the first part of winter before we move on to the next thing that will get us through the winter. That is the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. But the story of the Magi stands on its own and it gives great joy. There's such a joy with the story of the Magi and does not come from their wisdom or their gifts, but rather the wisdom of God and the gift of God in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a day of great joy because salvation is entirely from God through our Lord Christ, who is revealed to us and in him we have life and salvation. You've noticed that I have not referred to the Magi as wise men. I use the Greek word Magi as it appears in the text. In the Old Testament, the Greek version of the Old Testament, you also see Magi too. In Daniel chapter two, there are Magi. Your English Bible though doesn't call them wise men at all. There they're called magicians. The Magi were learned men of Nebuchadnezzar's court. But in Daniel chapter two, these learned men, these Magi, cannot do anything. They neither know what Nebuchadnezzar's dream is, nor how to interpret it. In fact, Nebuchadnezzar says, kill them all because they can't do anything right. Only Daniel, by the revelation of God, can know the content and the interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Earthly wisdom does not lead to God. Instead, it actually leads away from the Lord our earthly thoughts will not point us to repentance and believing in the incarnation, death, and resurrection of Christ for sinners. This is Paul's point in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where Paul condemns the wisdom of the world and prefers the foolishness of the cross of Jesus Christ. 
For Jesus is the wisdom of God and the power of God. The story of the Magi is not a story of them being wise enough to seek Jesus with a little bit of help from the Lord by way of a star. Rather, it is a story of those who would know nothing of the true God now being showed who the true God is. It is all God's doing. They do not deserve to see Jesus, and yet God shows them a star. Once they get to Jerusalem, they are told by Jewish scribes from God's word that the newborn king would be born in Bethlehem. And then the star has to guide them to the exact house where the young boy Jesus is living. Their earthly wisdom does not contribute to finding Jesus, only God's revelation of Jesus to them. In fact, their earthly wisdom would have gotten Jesus killed as they had been duped by Herod and would have revealed Jesus' exact location except for God intervening again and warning them in a dream to return via a different route. Jesus is revealed to the Gentile Magi entirely by God's grace. Now what makes the story of the Magi most jarring is that these Magi now know Jesus and they worship him and bring him gifts. You have to understand, these are Gentiles and to them God reveals the Son. This is jarring when you look at how the Gospel of Matthew actually begins. The Gospel of Matthew begins with the genealogy and shows these generations in three symmetrical um, forms uh, over periods of time traces the genealogy of Jesus back to David and to Abraham, these great pillars of the Old Testament. In this most Jewish of the Gospels, right after the birth of Jesus, you see the story of Gentiles being included in God's salvation also. But it makes sense, because salvation is always by grace alone. A look at the genealogy in Matthew actually reveals that God is a God of grace. Just look at the genealogy. In that genealogy of kings of Judah, who were idolaters. In the genealogy is David, who was a murderer and an adulterer. In the genealogy are Gentiles, Ruth and Hagar. Abraham himself, who's at the very top of the genealogy, is not chosen because of his piety. Rather, he is chosen entirely by God's grace to receive the promise of Christ without any merit or worthiness in Abraham, or anyone in that line. It's all by God's grace. Later in Matthew chapter 1, Joseph, who's called a just man in the chapter, would have divorced Mary if God did not reveal to him that the baby in Mary's womb was true God and true man, that he was to save all people from their sin. Later in the Gospel of Matthew, Peter confesses that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. But Jesus makes it clear that Peter would not have confessed it unless it had been revealed to him by God himself. You do not know Jesus unless God reveals Jesus to you. This day, this evening, we call it epiphany, the epiphany of our Lord. Epiphany means to shine upon. The epiphany is when God shines his light so that you see his Son. Epiphany is a joyous time because God has revealed his son to you. Entirely by God's grace is revealed to you in the Holy Scriptures. You now see Jesus. You do not see him because you're wise or you're good. No, the sinner now has Jesus entirely because God's grace given you Jesus, who saves you by his death 
and by the Holy Spirit bringing you to faith so that you would receive the benefits of his death on the cross for you. To you has been revealed the great salvation of our God. So we hear with joy, Isaiah, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you. You have everything now in Jesus Christ, your Lord. And together, as God's people, you can praise his holy name. Furthermore, you are with the Magi this evening in worshiping Jesus. You are with the Magi in a very real sense, as the saints who've gone before us and are before the Lord are too praising him for the gift of salvation, as we'll sing, indeed, in the, in the Sanctus. Rejoice then, the Magi, at the glory of the Lord. God has revealed his Son to you, his Son Jesus, who saved you, and you're now his own. Amen. <laughs>